I offer this podcast freely. Your support really makes a difference. To make a donation, visit ReneeMcKenna.com. Welcome to Spiritual Psychology. My name is Renee LaValle McKenna, and I bring my 30-plus years as a recovering addict and ex-crazy person turned therapist and shamanic healer to bring you snackable teachings on spirituality, psychology, and all things personal growth. And today I want to talk about heart opening. And I feel like I have a lot to say about heart opening because most of my life, my heart was closed. I had an extremely cynical view on anything related to the topic of love. Like many of us in the Western world, I spent most of my time in my head. I had a few gut instincts that would make themselves known. And my heart was so well defended, I had almost no access to the gifts and information I now know that our heart has to offer. And although we can often tend to think of our self as a series of parts that are separate, the heart is inseparable from our body, spirit, emotion, energy complex. All of who we are operates as a complex unit. And it was really when I began contemplating having babies that I began putting work into the possibility of opening my heart. I wanted to be able to love and connect with my children in a way that my own mother was unable to open her heart and connect with me. I suppose we could call that intergenerational trauma. My mother's father was a very serious alcoholic. I'd go to work in St. Louis, wake up a week later, drunk in Chicago with a prostitute kind of alcoholic. My grandmother, a very proper Christian science practitioner, mother of four daughters, and they stayed married till the day he died. He did eventually stop drinking, but he never really developed or grew or had recovery in the way that I know it. The wound stopped hemorrhaging, but it never really healed. In fact, my grandmother was a pretty amazing person. She was 75 when my grandfather, her husband, died of a heart attack. And a few weeks later, she went out and got her ears pierced for the first time. And a year later, at 76, she got them double pierced. And she started ballroom dancing at 77. And she became a competitive ballroom dancer into her 80s all over the world. She actually had these young, very handsome ballroom dancing partners who would accompany her. Not quite sure what was happening there, and I never got to ask her, unfortunately. But my instinct is that on some level she had regret that she stayed as long as she did in that dead marriage. And I'm really glad she was able to let loose and really express herself in the last 15 years of her life, because she was certainly from the generation where divorce was unacceptable, and contemplating her experience certainly had a big influence on my decision to get divorced. But my mother had a lot of her own unresolved emotional trauma. She was one of four girls, and at one point when grandpa's alcoholism was particularly acute, he was never really able to hold a job. I think she was 12, and during the summer, they sent each of the girls to live with a different relative, and there was talk of them even being adopted out to those relatives for breaking up the family. And they decided not to do it, but my mother did recount to me more than one story when she was a teenager of needing to go down the street and drag her father out of a bar room and help him home because he couldn't walk on his own. And my mother's first husband was an alcoholic who couldn't stay sober. Not a coincidence. 
and my own alcoholism when it revealed itself in my teenage years was too much for her to handle. We were never able to get close. And I've spent a lot of time contemplating my mother's experience from her perspective. And it's brought me to a place of deep forgiveness, which I can tell you took me a very long time to get to. (laughs) And I don't think our birth circumstances are ever a coincidence. Part of the karmic patterns or soul-level agreements we make in this lifetime. I've done a couple podcasts about that. Number 48, Karma and Family of Origin. More recently, number 119, Birth and Death. And number 130, Karmic Issues. I want to delve deeper into understanding the circumstances of your life from a soul perspective. And for me, having a closed heart was definitely part of my karmic repetition or path. And each problem holds the key within it. And for me, the call throughout my life has been, and perhaps it is for all humans, to grow in my capacity and skill to give and receive healthy love. And for most of us, having a closed heart is generally about defending ourselves from getting hurt. And although that's superhuman and understandable, the walls that we construct to protect ourselves from pain also become a prison of isolation that separates us from other people and limits or makes it completely impossible for us to give and receive love. And as I grow and expand in my own heart opening process, it becomes clearer and clearer to me that growing in the capacity to love is why we're here. And almost all of the great teachings and teachers speak to that fact. And true love, from my experience in my own life and with clients, has an eternal quality to it. Some of the first work that I do in sessions with clients is to connect them with Source, with God, with the spirit of nature, their own highest self, in whatever way it wants to make itself known to them. Because spiritual connection which is in essence an experience of being loved and loving, is the nourishment for our soul. And our spiritual disconnection is the source of so much suffering. In fact, my own belief is that the feeling, the fear of being unloved, of being forsaken, is at the core of almost all human dysfunction. Feeling separate, unworthy, forgotten, unloved we dig down and dig down is at the root of almost all distress and dysfunction. And when we straighten out spiritually, we naturally straighten out mentally, emotionally, and physically. Because in essence, everything is energy or consciousness, which could also be called spirit. Now, luckily, it is an interactive system. And so affecting change on the physical level, on the emotional level, on the mental level, absolutely has implications on the spiritual level, but growing, evolving, and maturing spiritually has exponential implications in those other realms. It's kind of a shortcut, and I like shortcuts. So when I seriously started to put dedicated work into opening my heart in my mid-30s, again, contemplating becoming a mother, entering a second marriage, much more healthy than the first one, with someone who was also doing their own inner work. It was very noticeable to me in my yoga practice, which was pretty intense at that time, that the area on my fourth chakra on my spine was the least flexible of any area in my body. 
I tend to be a pretty hyper-flexible person. And I was practicing these radical back-bending poses, particularly looking to do a full camel, which is when you do a back-bend and you grab your feet with your hands behind your back, over your head, and you pull your forehead down to the floor between your feet. And I was almost there, but this one area in my spine, and I could feel it in the front, right in my breastbone, was tight physical manifestation of my closed heart. My first baby was born by C-section, and that ended my yoga practice for a long time. But I do have to say that as I worked with that spinal flexibility, coincided with my own intentional emotional flexibility and openness. And I looked at my fear of having children, and when I looked deeply at that fear, there were two things I was afraid of. The first was that I would repeat the pattern and not bond with my own children and pass on the emotional issues that were passed on to me, being codependent, needy, dysfunctional, addicted. And the second fear was the fear of my own pain of loss. If I had a child and loved that child and the child died, that I wouldn't be able to handle it. Maybe it seems creepy or morbid, and I happen to be kind of both creepy and morbid, so... (laughs) I actually had to accept within myself the death of my unborn children before I could allow myself to get pregnant. And could I open myself to the experience of being a mother without expectation, to love my children for the time that I had them in my life without expectation for return? And that remains a challenge to this day, especially as they begin to launch out into the world as young adults. And don't call me as often as I might like them to. I keep coming back to the idea that I am here to love my children and prepare them to be fully functioning humans in the world and to open to the universe as my own spiritual parent and know that this earth plane is incredibly abundant and that my needs will be met. And part of the fun, interest, and curiosity is how those needs will get met. And they may not come in the way that I think or that I might even like. And my children are not here to meet my needs, not at least at this stage. When I need diapers and forget their names, that's a different conversation. But for now, I don't need any of those things, although I still suck at remembering names. I do remember my children's names. (laughs) But to open my heart to the love of God and the goddess and to grow in the understanding that we are all individual units of consciousness in a larger consciousness system. We are all aspects of the goddess, having an experience of itself, and that if I experience union and love with another person, relative, a friend, a child, a lover, that that is actually universal love loving me. And my love for others is the love of God and the goddess pouring through me to others. And that I don't need to grasp or limit or keep my claw marks in that because we live in an ocean of love and consciousness if we can open to that resonance. It's like that story that Eckhart Tolle tells about the beggar sitting on a wooden box with his change cup for years and years, day after day. And the wise man says to him, have you ever looked in the box? The beggar says, no, it's just an old box. And after the wise man leaves, he decides to look inside, and the box has been filled with gold the whole time. But he never looked inside. He didn't think anything was there. 
And that was the story I told myself about my own heart. And I recently did an immersion with Igor Kufayev and the organization Flowing Wakefulness, the teachings of Kashmir Shaivism, some very deep and ancient empowering practices. And one of those was breathing through the heart, very powerful meditation, breathing in and breathing out of receiving and giving through our heart center doing that practice over and over in the course of that immersion became clear to me once again that every aspect of creation, including the human heart, is a portal to the unmanifested, a doorway to the infinite, a direct pathway to God, and with that, a connection to universal love and the idea that there is nothing to fear, that we are safe, Because in essence, we are infinite. On the deepest levels, we are inseparable from God and the goddess. We are the goddess, but we have forgotten that. And good spiritual practice helps us remember who we really are. And to go beyond the confusion of impermanence, of duality on this physical plane, to surrender to the eternal flow of life, the cycles of birth, sustaining, and death, and recognize that it's birth, death, rebirth, death, rising and falling, just like breathing in and breathing out, and that that's okay. In fact, there's some deep and amazing, infathomable wisdom in those cycles that we can trust, and that joy, fulfillment, and love, alignment with that flow, is our highest purpose. And I've seen it over and over again in my own life. When I come to the edge of everything I know, I can't see the solution to the terrible problem, lack or dilemma that I'm in. I've tried everything. Nothing changes. And I actually come to a place of hopelessness and I give up. And there's some magic in that surrender. You can't fake it. And when I can really let go and let God, doors appear where there used to be walls. Trap doors open up. The phone call comes. The unexpected letter, person, opportunity. And that is a heart-opening experience. And sometimes it comes in response to prayer, and sometimes it just comes on its own. But the more we open our hearts, the more that phenomenon occurs. And I've come to depend upon it. So I encourage you to open your heart. Whatever you can do to crack that baby open. Stretch your arms open wide. Drop your defenses. Forego judgment, criticism, skepticism. Come out of your head and bring your awareness into your feelings. Just make room for them. What wants to be released? What wants to be received? What wants to be given, discovered, or explored? Your heart is a portal to the infinite divinity that lives within you and a bridge to that portal in others as well. Thank you so much for listening. Deep gratitude to my supporters on Patreon. If you like this podcast, consider giving a good review on iTunes or five stars on Spotify. Shoot me an email, info at ReneeMcKenna.com. If you're interested in finding out more about how a block of spiritual psychology work might benefit you in your life. Blessings on your path until we meet again. This is Renee LaValle McKenna for Spiritual Psychology.